Okay, so hello and uh, welcome back to Popcast, a podcast by Popcast School of Music. Uh, my name is Joe Keegan and it's a pleasure as always to be here with what is now Series 2, Episode 2. We're back with more incredible guests for you, as always. And today's show, uh, we've got songwriting sensation, Abel Faces. It's an absolute pleasure uh, to have them here with us today. So this is uh, Jack and Mark of Abel Faces. I was going to try and say your last name, but I, I'm scared of like bastardizing that for you. So <laughs> I think it's McNeilidge, <laughs> right? I think. Yeah, that's the one. There we go. Smashed it. Smashed it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so these guys have uh, done an absolute madness for the last uh, sort of year or two in the uh, world of songwriting and uh, songwriting for briefs, uh, specifically for like uh, publishing and writing for other acts. So incredible amount of insight. And uh, yeah, maybe you'll take something from it. If you're looking to get into that world, I'm sure they've got all sorts of uh, things to tell you about. So uh, without further ado, uh, let's get into it. Um, I guess what I'd ask you is like, first and foremost, it's a bit of a tough one, this, but I like to um, get like it out of the way, I suppose. A um, bit of context. By uh, in like about thirty seconds, uh, so the time is on. Um, could you sum up sort of like your musical journey to this point? How you've ended up um, where you are? You've got thirty seconds. Go. Okay. Hello. <laughs> um, so we started five years ago as a, an indie band, basically with two other members, and then chopped and changed. Tried about a million different genres. And then um, met our, ma our now manager about a year and a half ago, and he was also a publisher, and he sent briefs out. So we started having a bash at Top Lining for DJs, which we'd never done before. Um, totally fell in love with doing that, discovered that it was um, something that we were able to do, and just have done tons of that. Got our first cut in March this year. Since then, we've just been working with those DJs, basically. <laughs> that, that was like i've really felt um, the pressure there yeah, yeah. i mean <laughs> you smashed it at most that was like 18 seconds so amazing work right, are we done then? <laughs> um, yeah that's it go home now that's it mm -hmm. <laughs> um i see that you sat sort of in the um i guess it's like home studio kind of setup uh, at the moment yeah. how have you found kind of like is that where you do most of your writing or is that a new thing because of like coronavirus or what's the what's the vibe how do you sort of go about making music it's been where we've done most of our stuff over the last sort of four or five years and the last year due to covid it's been we've not really left um, so usually <laughs> yeah. traveling and playing gigs and stuff and, and writing, writing, writing with, yeah <laughs> writing with people in london and whatnot and going places but since that's not been a feature the last year has been pretty much confined to these four walls <laughs> yeah yeah just lived in the attic yeah i get it we're very fortunate to have a space that's uh, as comfortable and workable as this is i think because we were already used to it whereas you know loads of people have had to adapt so much but this was kind of already where we where we did most of our stuff yeah and so being that you um brothers what's it like working sort of in a professional capacity um with sort of like family as well like that seems like a pretty intense yeah. <laughs> um, like self you know you must uh you must really get on with each other otherwise that'd be like an absolute nightmare right <laughs> yeah yeah we, we really do I, I think a lot of people find it really weird uh when i when, like if you just hear about it but i think if you like see the way that we both interact probably makes more sense because we're both quite chill people um and we're quite nice. good at giving each other space like to we've got our own little things that we know we're good at or whatever and um 
I think I think the thing that's been quite intense about this period has been that we would ordinarily be in a room with other people as well. Yeah. But because that's not been possible, it's literally just with the two of us staring at each other for the last eight yeah. months. Um, yeah, man. I think the reason I like asked that is that like songwriting can be such a frustrating sort of um, space to occupy, isn't it? Like professionally. Um, So that being said, what are the kind of things you do when you get kind of um, stuck in a rut or whether, whatever, I think like maybe what I was getting at there was, is that exacerbated by the fact that, you know, like the way you talk to family, it can be a bit kind of more blunt than if you're in like, (laughs) I think it definitely helps because we found most of the stuff we've done, throughout the last few years has just been the two of us maybe with other people and when we're with other people we need to tone down the bluntness of yeah you know, yeah when it's just the two of us you can be way more brutally honest than if it's someone you don't know as well so that definitely yeah. helps for getting stuff done because you can quite quickly say don't like that move on yeah you, yeah you know we're not we're not as polite to each other i think as a lot of Nah. Yeah, because we wrote with one of our friends last year who's American, so she's really polite. And uh, she was absolutely <laughs> horrified at the way that we spoke to each other because we're also Scottish, which doesn't help. So, literally, we're like, yeah. nah, sh- nah, nah, you know, like, just like anger in the act. Yeah. Go on, sorry. <laughs> sorry, sorry. No, it was just with the, with the top line and stuff as well for DJs, it's so like trimming the fat trimming the fat trimming the fat so it it really helps if you can just be honest rather if you're sitting in something that's like 90 percent, it's just not going to get picked up so uh it's quite good to just kind of cut the bullshit i think yeah um would you call yourselves perfectionists Um, you're talking about like you're talking about like trimming the fat there like um obviously uh i can i can definitely appreciate that the um being able to get to that point where you could just say what you actually think and not um, feel guilty about upsetting the other writer or whatever in the room is is definitely like a space you want to get to. Most people are trying to find that outside of the confines of their own family. So you're kind of actually on the flip side of that, quite lucky, I suppose, to have that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so like you're talking about um, specifically writing for um, DJ over DJ instrumentals there. So what's that process like? You talk about trimming the fat and getting to like the point where you're absolutely uh, certain that this is what you want to submit to publishers so uh, just chat about that for a second if you like uh i think on, on the on the perfectionist thing the thing that's really helped us writing wise with being perfectionists and not being too precious about stuff has been writing more because we used to literally slave over like one song for months and just stress about it and getting it perfect and you know the perfect five second intro and all that whereas <laughs> we're now i think we worked out we've done like 70 songs this year or something like that yeah and when you're working at that sort of rate you just you don't you're not as precious about anything so you've always got that thing if it's not working you can just be like Do you know what let's just write another one because it'll be yeah. better um the thing that we are professionals about though is is the recording mm-hmm. because it's amazing how many people we've worked with who are like <laughs> professional who still send like recorded stuff like vocals or whatever and you just it's just it's just common sense just make people's life easy give them stuff that's so perfectly yeah. edited trimmed and they don't need to kind of do that themselves or come back and forward with you so we're perfectionists yeah, yeah. like that so that it's so that you know the yeah. first impression is always going to be good in terms of the quality <laughs> of the recording so i think what's interesting there is like you you've obviously had um songs cut with your vocals 
uh, on them, right? So you're you're re- recording from home, um, professional quality like uh, stems yeah. that are actually being used on the book. Like, um, I'm not sure how unusual that is to be honest, because this is a space I've not really occupied myself um, as a writer. But um, I thought it was quite cool that you are sort of named featured artists on, as well as like other people. There's other vocalists on the tracks, but you're always named featured artists on the tracks that you you're writing so that's a um amazing like end result but how did you get to that point where you kind of have this um relationship with the um, producers or whatever that you're working with where you are named on the track not just as writers but as artists yeah it depends on the track there's a few that we've not been named on uh that have been female singers or if there's there was one actually that came out a couple of weeks ago that was practicality of there was already three djs named um so right. Yeah, so, yeah <laughs> so, so they did want more names, but that was fine because um, uh, we happens. were cool with that. Yeah, that, it, um, every song's different. Sometimes we'll send something and we tend to record everything we write to the level that we think it could be released. And sometimes a DJ will come back and say, oh, I'm going to put this up in a different key and get a female to sing it or we're going to get some other guy to sing it because sometimes the voice um, suits me with stuff that you know they pitched it lower and got a guy with a deeper voice to sing it and everything it sometimes works really well and it's every song's different and sometimes it works with our voice and then there's a discussion about do you, do we want to be featured on it or uh, or not yeah absolutely okay that's cool so it's like a case by case basis you know it's Literally, not like a, that's also like the job a of a man oh right okay cool so let's talk about that for a second um obviously i gave you like only 30 seconds to sum up how you got to the <laughs> point where you feel like working with management and um you signed I, I believe you said you signed a publishing deal and this kind of thing so how um firstly who how did you approach this manager or did they approach you how did that um relationship come about and do you have any advice for people wanting to like uh, push forward get to the point where they like um, songwriting professionally get to sort of where you're at um, because I mean maybe it's just being in the right place at the right time and that's often the answer to uh, this kind of question but if you've got anything that's kind of like what can you do to prepare for that opportunity to come um, or engineer a situation where you're in that opportunity that's a really big question I know so sorry for like offloading just my like yeah. <laughs> brain fart there but <laughs> yeah um, so we've not actually signed a publishing deal yet so our manager is also a publisher, um, right. so which is sort of like a great situation because you get the benefit is of that, that both. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so we, so uh, it actually started through the Songwriting Academy, which is how I met you. Um, yeah. And John was a mentor for uh, one of the Skype calls that I got with that, and um, he, as like beforehand, he got to send him a few of our songs, so I did that. And then he said, have you ever tried top lining? And I said, no. <laughs> and he said, would you like to try top lining? Uh, and we said, okay. And then we both sort of were like, oh my God, it's a real publisher yeah. who actually knows who we are. Like we need to really- Yeah, <laughs> she's on. Yeah, literally. <laughs> so we just absolutely hammered it. We just bombarded him with stuff yeah. until something had to get released. <laughs> Basically, yeah. Like it was just like, right, stop everything. Yeah, <laughs> and just do this. And then um, the first couple were a bit shaky because we didn't really know what we were doing. And then we sort of found uh, we were all right. And then one of them got picked up, but then it's still actually not been released, but it got signed to his then company that he now doesn't work for. Um, And then from that, he kept sending us stuff. And then we got a second one signed 
which did get released, which is the one that came out in March. Um, well, and then we were sort of casually working with him for uh, a few months. Good. Well, it was like a year, really. Yeah, a year or so. Yeah. Yeah. And and we met him. At, I think it was last summer. We went for a drink with him. Um, by that point, we'd already had one signed, so it was sort of like a celebration. <laughs> Um, yeah great and then so I just kept following up so whenever we were in London we would sort of be like are you around to meet for a drink and it was all very sort of you know casual relationship but kind of keeping in touch and sending songs is like whenever there was stuff that matched a brief that he had because he also sends out like k-pop briefs and stuff like that so we were just kind of trying yeah, out yeah. and seeing what worked and it kept being the dance that's stuff. it yeah, Sorry. I've done a few of those uh, K-pop um, briefs myself. I wouldn't say oh, yeah. I'm like up there with the like uh, yeah K-pop <laughs> producers, you know. Um, but it's, it's interesting, isn't it? You like definitely touch a load of different genres as a, a songwriter, right? So maybe that's yeah. something we should um, just touch on briefly. I do want to come back to some of the stuff you've just said there, but um, like obviously you found a bit of a niche there that you've. I know that you've um, worked recently on a lot of this kind of um, DJ um stuff um would you say that that's kind of been beneficial that you've kind of honed in where you're um targeting what kind of briefs that you're gonna uh, work on and um really get good at one thing or are you thinking about sort of versatility in the future what's the what's the, i guess what's the what's the idea of moving forward are you going to keep on with the just the dj thing or is are you are you currently writing loads of different stuff that's just uh huh. we've not talked about yet but um yeah I think uh, staying sort of close to what, like, because that was the first thing for us that had any success with cuts coming out, and uh, sort of staying in that vein of DJs and stuff. We're now working more poppy side that could also lead into the more pop world that's not necessarily got DJs involved. So, um, a couple of the first things we did and the first things we got released, so some of that was a lot more like deep house, sort of really dancey. Um, and since then we've been working with loads of other DJs and a lot of it's becoming more pop, radio friendly, mainstream sound as well. Um, so I think that opens you up more to be able to work with pop artists as well as DJs because a lot of it does overlap quite a lot. We've also been really lucky that the um, by you know getting our name able faces on the tracks a lot of the time has meant it's sort of built our artist profile. Um, so if we've sort of got dance songs and then it moves into poppy dance songs and then it's sort of the, the line sort of blurs between that and then just doing full out pop which is what we sort of want to do as able faces um so that's it sort of worked beautifully it's, <laughs> yeah. it's worked out really well so yeah, far yeah. Like, genre wise and the thing yeah, you get you can with see that transition there can't you <clears throat> yeah yeah what you get with the a lot of the djs we've worked with the more poppy stuff we're doing they also are really good producers for other types of music so i think a lot of that's helped with building a network of people that we know that we can get to produce more poppy sounding songs that aren't just dance tracks because yeah like a lot of them are quite versatile uh, i don't uh, i don't know if we should say who it is because <laughs> you might be like annoyed at us but we're like working with a producer who who we've done some dj track so he's a dj as well and so we're releasing stuff featuring his stuff and he's now producing an ep for us yeah Great. So I was just going to ask you that, like, are you still releasing music just purely as Able Faces? Is that still like a original act as well as a sort of like writing entity? That is the plan. For uh, the future. Yeah. We kept, it's literally, it was like, it's just been getting moved month and month and month because as more and more DJ stuff gets lined up and, you know, like, it's just, we just kind of said yes to so much stuff when, because the first cut came out in March 
And then the nice thing was that we weren't just doing briefs because a lot of people got in touch with us. Because um, yeah. DJs, you know, it's quite a, even though it's even though it's a very mainstream thing, it's actually quite a niche little group of people, and they all know what everyone's up to. So you know, one release on a, on a good dance label, which we were lucky enough to get in March, meant that so many DJs were all of a sudden like who are able faces. So we just got so many Instagram messages. Um, so we've kind of been able to, you know, you just end up having a big load of releases lined up, which is a, an amazing position to be in. So it'll probably not be till like midway through next year till yeah. we release anything on our own again. Mm-hmm. Um, is that purely based on just like a workflow thing or um, obviously it would, talking from the perspective of um, helping people or people that are interested in pursuing a career in this? So obviously finance plays a part in that. Is that um, Does that play a part in your decision making when you're going to release your own music? Because obviously pushing your own tunes comes with a financial burden <laughs> rather yeah, than any also, sort of uh, income. So. Yeah, it's also so much easier practically to get labels and stuff interested when at the start you're smaller you've got a bigger dj working with you it's so much easier to get labels interested in those songs which ties in with what you said about finances yeah it's always um finding the right balance i think because if you get a load of big dj cuts out then your profile is bigger it's easier for you to get your own stuff to come out and when you've got a label taking care of doing that release and they make it big and they put money into it you don't need to worry as much so that's like our hope is that we'll get our own stuff out on a label yeah yeah man that's it's uh, the headache of trying to uh, sort out release strategy yourself and all this kind of thing is uh, unbelievable. So yeah, fair play. Like that's the dream, isn't it? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Also, just yeah. to be honest, like we'd we'd really uh, spent a long time, as I said at the start, like just trying to work out what sort of sound we wanted and just slaving away doing all the production ourselves. And it was just such a revelation this year, just working with really good producers and literally. When you're top lining like that, you can, you know, you're talking a day or maybe two days to get a track start to finish. Um, yeah. And like a good example is we've got a song that's coming out on Universal next year, which is probably like the biggest cup we've had. Um, that's amazing. So Congrats. far. Congrats. Yeah, thanks, man. Yeah. Cheers. <laughs> uh, and uh, that, sorry, that was such a brag. But <laughs> no, I do it. Name drop it. That's what it's all about. <laughs> do you know what's funny? Just before we, we started this interview, I, I was saying to them, like, basically, what we're going to do is like big you up for half an hour. So, like, fair play. You've Why done not? just that. Oh, God. Sorry. No, no. There was, there was, a, there was a point to that. Um, we, we, so it was a DJ we've been uh, working a lot with, and we wrote the top line on the Monday and knew it was for a female because that was the plan um so we just pitched our voice up to be like you know this is what it'll sound like and then on the wednesday the girl recorded it and on the friday the track was completely done they finished the production of it so that was actually a monday to friday and we didn't do anything after like the tuesday for it whatever but we got up on the monday morning did something and by the friday at the end of the week track that they were like we're going to pitch this one to Universal and I think it was like two weeks later we got confirmed so when that sort of stuff's happening that fast you don't really want to kill the momentum by sort of taking loads of time to do your own stuff yeah um so a little bit of a passion thing that we'll just do whenever we've got time to slot it in yeah man I get that um I can't imagine how good it feels when you um get your first song cut by a publisher that must have been the heck of a moment for you and then uh, I'm hoping uh you know all the best i hope there's more and more of those kind of like universal sized <laughs> uh cuts for you know in the future i'm sure um definitely everybody uh listening to this um 
you should definitely check out Able Faces on Spotify and listen to all the cool stuff they've done. Um, do you have anywhere that, like, you've got um, the writing credits that you've uh, had, all the songs that you've had cut that might necessarily have on Spotify, uh, specifically on your own profile? Where um, can people find your, like, discography? Yeah, we've got a playlist on our Spotify page. Uh, Everything we've that's called song, songs we wrote. <laughs> yeah, perfect. That's easy enough. <laughs> that, well, that's that answer. <laughs> we need a better title. <laughs> yeah. No, it's perfect. <laughs> Why complicate things, eh? Yeah. Um, so I've got a couple more questions just to uh, tie things up. Um, one of them gets pretty deep, so uh, be be ready. But um, <laughs> we'll get there. Uh, but before we get there, um, what? Um, what are you most excited for? Like what, coming your way? What could you, uh, yeah, I guess what's the, what's the, what's the dream? What's the short term, uh, goal that you kind of like buzzing to make happen? Ooh. I think <laughs> one of the things we talked about literally every single day since March is just, we're, we're working with people literally all over the world. Cause, uh, dance music is predominantly like big in Europe. Um, and, we've not met any of them in person. So just being able to go and physically, you know, have a drink with these people that we've been on so many Zoom calls with and all that, I think it'll just be a really cool moment of just being like, wow, this is a very real thing. You know, go to work in Amsterdam. Yeah. <laughs> so many of the yeah. Dutch. And, yeah, I think that'll be really yeah. cool. Get out yeah, of this room for a change. <laughs> <laughs> I think, uh, mate, you've just like, you're preaching to the masses there. Like, everybody's <laughs> I'm sure that. everyone's in the same boat. <laughs> Yeah. And then, like, career-wise, I guess, like, just just the first song to hit a million for us, I think, is the big one that we're, like... Waiting to happen. Yeah, yeah. that's cool. We're getting, we're getting, like, we're getting close to it. It's like, ah! <laughs> so I'm just going to flip that now. Obviously, um, <clears throat> deciding to pursue a career in music is a pretty daunting thing. I certainly, I can remember being sort of 16-year-old. Uh, Joe Keegan is, like, terrified to try yeah. and work out a way of getting. So um, I guess... <laughs> We've we've done what you're most excited for, but is there anything that like you're scared about going forward? What kind of like concerns you have? Because I think that'd be um, really insightful for anybody listening, like thinking of doing what you do. Um, what kind of things do you worry about? I think being realistic for everyone doing music, the uncertainty <clears> of <throat> everything, whatever you think you've got, whatever you've got lined up, thinking what's going to be happening six months after that, um, is always something that's there um and not knowing exactly what's going to be happening and hoping even with a song that you know is coming out thinking how well is it going to do what's going to happen there's no certainty to anything at all yeah. i think <laughs> it's a big thing yeah i think all you can really like worry about is the next day what you're doing that day yeah. making shit like because if you write the best song you can every single day and do the best job you can the rest will sort of take care of itself because it's terrifying if you think too much about the rest of it. Yeah, yeah man, I feel that. <laughs> uh, um, also, I definitely think that like the whole uh, right place, right time thing, I don't really believe that so much as just like, like everything happens the way it's meant to and happens for a reason and all that sort of stuff without being too like philosophical. Um, yeah. And if you just constantly stay busy, well, you need to put yourself in that right place and right time. Yeah, that's you it. Need to that's keep it. Doing everything so that yeah, that will happen for you. Yeah. Well, by the sounds of it, I think the key is that you've kind of just rinsed and repeat. You've played the numbers, and the more you do it, the more likely you are to reach success. Right. As long as you're good at what you do, and you definitely are that. So, um, yeah, fair play. That was a really big, big answer there. All right. So, last one. <laughs> you've got. I love asking this question because it's always such a weird. Uh, collection of people but um you've got you're at a dinner party right 
It's oh, your yeah. dinner party. And uh, so in this scenario, because there's two of you, there's six seats at the table. So you take up two of them. There's four spaces left. Mm. Who are you filling it with? Oh. It could be anybody, musician or, or just like, you know, you could have like Gandhi there or whatever. I don't care. But... <laughs> um... Bruce Springsteen. Oh, massive. Sure. Do you know what? I'd yeah. love to be Bruce Springsteen, actually. <laughs> <laughs> no, Never mind I've met yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. a dinner party. I want to be him. <laughs> yeah, true. I just think he'd be, yeah, I think he'd be class to be yeah. yeah. Uh, um, oh. oh, that's such a hard question. That, that is a big one. <laughs> um, mm, you've really stumped us here. <laughs> <laughs> like um, Jack Antonoff. Jack Antonoff. I'm not actually sure who Jack Antonoff is. Oh, he's he's one of my favorite producers. He was in the band Fun, and he's since produced for oh, like yeah, cool. Taylor Swift. He's he's also in a band called Bleachers, who yeah. we are both obsessed with. Done a lot. Yeah, he's <laughs> he's really cool. Yeah, he's amazing. Sorry. So we've got uh, we've got Bruce Springsteen, the fella from Fun, Jack Antonoff. Uh, who else yeah. we got? <laughs> got. I mean, you've given two musicians here, so I feel. Um, although it's it, Elton John. I feel oh, <laughs> just seems like such a cool guy. It does, yeah. We, we talked about that. Earlier. Just, just like really interesting. And if you're at a dinner party, you know you want conversation to be had. Yeah, sure. and listen, I bet, I bet him and Bruce Springsteen go way back as well. Oh, <laughs> they'll, they'll have some stories. Yeah, there'll yeah, be some stories there. Uh, All right, how about instead of the last seat, like who's serving you dinner? <laughs> serving you dinner. Um, Cooked and served by Gordon Ramsay. Yeah. <laughs> so you haven't. Oh, fair play. Oh, he's Scottish, right? So there you go. That makes sense. <laughs> yes. That could be a good eclectic bunch of people. Too. That would be a really together. good night. <laughs> yeah, wouldn't it? Yeah. Uh, do you know what? I tell you what, I'm taking the last seat. There you go. Yeah, yeah, you, you go. You can go. Oh, oh, listen thank you so much for being here um once again check out able faces on spotify and everywhere else because uh these guys uh one day they'll be a household name i'm sure of it so uh thank you <laughs> once again for being uh on podcast and uh, uh one thing that we're doing uh, i mean i know you guys are mad busy so by all means say no i won't take it personally but um we're putting together a collaborations album um just little acoustic tracks with the people that have been on the podcast so if you fancy doing like a you guys could knock out this song in an hour so if you fancy doing a little session with me and uh getting that on that album then uh, we'll do it cool absolutely yeah yeah good one listen thanks again uh this is podcast uh series two episode two thank you for being here and we'll see you again soon 